uh, you can do this. Are you sure? Uh, this goes. No, if you're not sure, then turn around. I'm very sorry, I've been unfolded. Uh, I was going to switch on the sat now. It's just after 7 a.m. on Saturday, the 30th of June, 2018. The UK is cooking in what will become the country's hottest summer on record. And we're late. We're on our way to intercept two of our friends, Tim and Tano, who have been running since midnight over Skiddor, Great Calver, Blencathra, Clough Head, Great Dodd, Watson's Dodd, Stybarrow Dodd, Rays, Whiteside, Helvellyn Lower Man, Helvellyn, Nethermost Pike, Dolly Wagon Pike, Fairfield, and are currently descending the steep grassy slope of Seat Sandal at a rate of knots. So you'd think the least we could do in a car is be there on time with some breakfast for them. Hi, and welcome to our podcast about the Bob Graham Round. A 66-ish mile run in the Lake District up and over 42 of England's tallest mountains in under 24 hours. Recorded throughout 2018 and 2019, this is an audio account of a year preparing for and attempting the BGR. These are our Bob Graham sounds. Sorry, My name's Bob. I'm driving Beanie, my oldest schoolmate, real name Nick, and another Nick, who we don't know very well. He's a recently recruited support runner. He will turn out to be a fantastic and indispensable last-minute signing. Bizarrely, given that I'm road support coordinator for this attempt, I'm injured, so I can't run. I've never actually been to the mountain pass above Grasmere, known as Dunmail Rays, ever. Dunmail Rays is one of the least attractive parts of the Bob Graham Round. According to Wikipedia, it's a large cairn in the English Lake District, which has given its name to the mountain pass on which it stands. According to local tradition, the cairn marked the burial of a king named Dunmail, who was slain by the Saxons. For our purposes, it's a lay-by on the northbound side of the A591, a busy stretch of dual carriageway between Kendall and Keswick. Today, the lay-by is overflowing with cars, carrying support crews of runners attempting the BGR. We should have arrived at Dunmail half an hour ago and set up, ready to receive our contenders, but we spent too long over our own breakfast in the guest house and then went the wrong way out of Keswick. I was all ready to follow the sat-nav, but Beanie, who's been there many, many times, the last of which was just two weeks earlier, said he'd navigate, and I said, OK. Mistake. We throw the hire cars up the kerb with abandon, miles down the road from the stile and runner crossing point, and immediately start flapping. Right, Tano's here. Tano's here? Yeah. Hi, Nick. Yeah, hello. Nice to see you. We were driving in convoy with another now poorly parked hire car containing Mark, a.k.a. Team Leader, or TL. There'll be people saying to me, oh my God, please can I wear your majestic hat later on today? He's currently rolling his eyes beneath his Lawrence of Arabia sun visor at Beanie's sense of direction. 
He was with Beanie two weeks ago when they ran from Dunmail. He's being driven by Gabor, a magnificent example of Hungarian masculinity. I really enjoyed that the scenery was incredible when we came down from Bankatra with Patrick. I love it. It's just, just about breathtaking. And I couldn't believe it was 3.30 and there was already kind of light. Gabor is the road support for Tano. I've only had one gel so far. There's like an avocado in there. You can yeah. just chop it up. Yeah. The other contender, Tim, is supported by his Hello. wife. Hello. And his new baby, his mother-in-law, his wife's sister, his wife's sister's husband, also nicknamed Beanie, confusingly, and a close family friend. But any slightly mocking tone in my voice is misplaced because they are bloody brilliant. Has anybody ever got any special requests? A super organised catering and first aid support machine. Right, anyone who's going anywhere, as in on, on, on this run, do you need anything? Already set up in the perfect location, dispensing food, drink, clean clothes, sun cream, we are a shambolic shit show 300 yards down the road, hastily lighting camping stoves, putting out chairs, making food and trying not to get run over in the panic. The steep, grassy ascent of Steel Fell looms over us, the first peak to be climbed in leg three, the longest section of the Bob Graham, which includes the fairly unpleasant summit of Scarfell Pike, the tallest mountain in England, in about six hours' time. The first two legs have been overnight, cool and clear and quiet. Leg three, however, will be a beast. Today, a very hot, rocky and unrelenting beast. And at this point, neither Tim nor Tano has ever completed this leg at the pace they need to to finish the whole round in under 24 hours. Have you got some cream with you to keep working on? Yes, we do, yeah. Have we? Yeah. Got everything. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 possibly not enough to keep you. No, no, because I've I applied literally all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought you said you had. But they've got a change of support runner personnel. With fresh legs and clear heads, full backpacks, they will carry the water and food and keep the spirits up with gentle encouragement, banter, and they'll navigate, so the contenders can just run where they're told. Although, perhaps worryingly, one of the navigators is Beanie. If you look that bad when we start, Nick, what are you going to look like? I know, it's promising, isn't it? Very promising. To be fair, Nick's knowledge of the fells is probably the best in the group, but he's nervous about his fitness in the heat carrying an enormous pack of food and water and he's particularly concerned about sunburn on his fair skin. I'm not sure if it's even echo or not. Team leader Mark is supporting leg three too. He's got good fell knowledge and the most expensive sat-nav watch as a backup. He also has a heavy load to carry but he's happy that it's contained in his last-minute panic purchase rucksack and he looks determined and confident with a good beard under his foreign legion headwear. What was that? Was the interview Bojest? Yeah. I think a man wearing a pink fucking vest. <laughs> you are quite a picture. The third supporter is the new recruit, Nick, who quietly turned out to be a total hero today. Did you see Tim stop and throw beetroot juice? <laughs> Painted the, the bracken red. <laughs> As they head upwards towards the hot fells, we have six hours to regroup and drive round to the remote valley of Wasdale which is the next road crossing and refuelling stop. Yeah. Never needed that. Wasn't wasn't quick enough. 
So that gives me a handy breather now to introduce you to our team properly and take you back in time a few hours, days, weeks and years to when we were bitten by the Bob Graham bug. So I went to school with Beanie. We've known each other for nearly 30 years. I've realised white underpants. The white pants, the first time you put them on, <laughs> it's amazing. you've got a tan. Beanie is a Bradford City fan and sits behind Michael at Valley Parade. I had the sense to abandon the first attempt at the top of Skiddle. We were on time, but I was drenched to the skin. And I have to say, I I, I thought it was really frightening. You know, you. You're leaving the lights of Keswick behind and you're entering the darkness and there's nothing ahead of you but black. Beanie is deeply smitten in a sort of bromantic way with Mike and the bond was only deepened when the cold, wet Mike descended from Skidor to sleep in Beanie's recently vacated hotel bed and to steal all his warm clothes the next morning. At some point, Mike must have mentioned to Beanie that he and his younger brother, Mark, wanted to try and complete the Bob um, Graham round. I was just having a chat with somebody who was asking me about the BGR and whether it was a midlife crisis. And I was thinking, uh, yeah, it probably is. So, in 2015, they made an attempt in heavily emphasised inverted commas, which ended, before it began really, on Skiddor, in the dark, in apocalyptic rain, with only one cagoule between two siblings. Mark made an attempt the first year which I think was four years ago. Right. Which, as somebody said today, we, we haven't a clue what we're doing. And I suppose that's that's how it has to be, doesn't it? You, you make an attempt and you fail and, and you learn from it, and we did. And, I mean, looking back, we shouldn't have even made the attempt. The attempt became team folklore and cemented the bond between the brothers and Beanie. I was then invited a year later, along with Tim, a colleague of Mark's, to join in the fun. This is Tim, it's the Monday before the attempt and I've just got back from my final training run. Four miles but in absolutely boiling hot weather and looking at the forecast that's the weather we're going to have all week and probably on the attempt itself. So our preparation for Tim and Tano's attempt this year, 2018, was gently resuscitated from the ashes of the aborted 2015 fiasco. Did you have support set up and things like that? We didn't, well? we didn't really have support, yeah. no. Your absence of any waterproof or outdoor clothing whatsoever. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> and we had two very enjoyable long weekend recceing explorations in the summers of 2016 and 17, at which point it was felt that we couldn't stretch our credit with our current long-term life partners any further without someone actually making a legitimate attempt. So here we are, the core group of Mark, Mike, Beanie and me, supporting Tim and Tano. Tim. Hello, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, good, thanks. How are you? I'm all right, yeah. Hello, Tano. Hello, hello. How are you doing? I'm feeling good. A little bit nervous, but it's good, yeah. Plus our invaluable extras, Tim's handsome younger brother, a surgeon called Patrick. Which lake is that? 
That's uh, Bassenthwaite. Right. The only lake in the Lake District. Ah. Uh, that's a that's a common uh, pun joke, though, is it? Don't say how many lakes in the Lake District, and I'm trying to just like that in the 20s. But they're all either waters or uh, beers. I mean, it's just like play on words, but yeah. that is the only technical lake. Ah, okay. They're good. And it's got a, it's got a nesting of uh, ospreys that fish in it on a regular basis. Our new recruit, Nick. Well, you've run for about 11 hours there, haven't you? Today? Yeah, I was realising that on the way down, going, oh, this day's not turned out right, as I thought. And eating all sorts of food that I haven't planned to eat. Yeah, An unbelievably well-prepared and super-fit late recruit called Chris. If I'd have known I was swapping legs last night, because I, I was up here last night, just because um, I thought it'd be a nice thing to do to get up and uh, experience uh, the... Um, Sunset, right? <laughs> Little did I know. A few hours later, I'd be back. The handsome Hungarian Gabor. Water running is always, or long distance running is like life. Ups and downs, a lot of disappointment, a lot of bad things, good things. This is literally like an ordinary life. It is actually. It is just that. It's. It's. it's you have losses. You have injuries. You have real serious. Tim's entire extended Hello, family. Hello, everyone. Hi. Well, I'm recording this for our podcast. We've all met each other now. <laughs> and a fantastic last-minute cameo from a chap called Ian on leg five that you'll have to wait to hear to believe. Yeah. Oh, cheers, guys. Thanks very much. Yeah, that's all right. As with any group of amateurs having a crack at something like the BGR, our prep and our training was mixed, sporadic and generally more last minute and undercooked than would have been ideal. None of our group lives in the Lake District, some have hills in Yorkshire and Derbyshire on their doorstep, others are in the home counties. I'm on the south coast, so we have to make do with what we can get. We also have jobs, families, injuries and countless other aspects to our busy lives that pushes the Bob Graham off the top of the priority list. However. We do have a WhatsApp group, so the BGR is always bubbling away in the background. Mark Kennedy created group BGR 2018 attempt. Mark Kennedy added you. Mark Kennedy changed this group's icon. Re this year, I think we can test the roots a bit. Leg one, we could have more direct Kazakh depart. Is Park Bridge fixed? Direct Great Carver Descent, will need to Recky River Crossing. Question if there is a better final Blencathra Ascent route and can we take Parachute down? Nick, did I hear you say you'd done the Parachute? I haven't done the Parachute route, but a friend of mine completed the Bob Graham round the other week. Whilst tracking his progress online, I noticed he had come off Hall's Fell Top a strange way in the dark. I have since spoken to him and asked about his Blencathra descent. Basically, it's a trod known as the parachute route. From the summit, you head to the right above Gate Jill, then sweep down towards Middle Tongue. 
He says it's quite difficult to find the start, but there is a marker cairn 100 yards or so down from the summit and is a super-fast direct descent. He added it's a safer descent than the Hall's Fell Ridge and his fastest descent using this route is 18 minutes to Threlkeld. In other news, I am at a Little Mix concert. Jesus, this truly is a huge day. Now, as things came together in 2018, in earnest, with a couple of weeks to go, Tim had been on shared parental leave since his firstborn, Harvey, had arrived, and he'd used that to up his training in the mountains, as well as change nappies. Tano was running well, as he always seems to, but neither contender had wrecked the Bob Graham legs as much as the experts would tell you is wise. All of us were riddled with nerves, doubts, and in some cases, like mine, a complete lack of understanding about the size of the endeavour. Hi, it's uh, Mark. It's about five days before the uh, Bob Graham round. I'm just now sorting out my kit. This is Tim. It's the Monday before the attempt, and I've just got back from my final training run. I guess there's three reasons for doing it so ridiculously early. One is that I'm totally anal about these things and I'm always a week early for everything in a kind of completely um, pointless fashion. Four miles but in absolutely boiling hot weather. But secondly I I just really enjoy doing it and it sort of gets my hill juices flowing which um, is even sadder really isn't it I think probably. Um, but the third practical reason is actually I'm away next week. It's Tuesday, isn't it? Yes, Tuesday evening. I'm just sorting through all the various bits of paperwork that I've got to make sure that I don't forget what I'm actually doing just logistically to get there. The, the difficult bit is trying not to look too excited while I, while I do it in front of my family who are all pretty miffed that I'm going to be away for a week. Um, there you go. Can't make an omelette without breaking a few eggs, can you? In my very important role as head of road support, I am making my list and checking it twice to make sure I have remembered all the stuff I said I'd bring. I have got an emergency clothing bag, so I'll have that at all times with a full layer of kit in it. Hopefully it won't be using that. Ah, and now in the cellar. To get a camping stove. Um, I've got an emergency bivvy bag that somebody will be carrying, hopefully we won't see that. A medical kit that somebody will be carrying, hopefully we won't be using that. Right, I'm at our beach hut for phase two of Wednesday night's prep, ahead of getting my hire car tomorrow, at which point I hope I can fit all this stuff in there, but I need Camping table. I've got my running gear, all my sort of shorts and stuff uh, and tops. Trying to not look so daggy this year after taking a lot of grief over the last few years for uh, variously sort of cheap and lurid um, items. I don't know if you can hear this noise. Sound of flip-flops, but do I risk wearing those in the Lake District in front of A, my friends who might take the piss, but also what seems okay on the sunny south coast. I don't know if that'll go down very well in Keswick. Got my rucksack, um, Montane Fang 5, I think, and a, a little attachment from OMM for the front because I'm going to need to carry more stuff because I'm supporting rather than running myself. Happy times. Push the buzzer. Through the turnstile and we're out of work. 
on uh, Thursday, which means uh, I'm on my way to the Bob Graham Weekend 2018. I just need to now go and pick up a hire car. This is Tim again. Just got a delivery of uh, four water flasks. It's law actually in this weather. We, we went to uh, a big sports retailer yesterday to uh, try and stock up on flasks, but uh, found out they're, they're out of stock. I've got my Hocker Speedgoat trainers, which are frankly a bit tight, but otherwise pretty fantastic. Right, I finally rented a car. Easy rent a car. It should be renamed to bloody pain in the arse difficult rent a car got the water bottles so so that's great that's another uh, two litres for uh, probably Nick to carry and then I've got sort of all sorted bits and bobs like head torches which hopefully I won't be using because I'm not doing a night leg so clearly I've got the radio working which is good because England are about to play Belgium in the World Cup and I'm still stuck in traffic on my way home so it's the Thursday morning before the attempt getting uh, very close now um, and it's another absolutely baking hot day outside I'm so delighted that I've got air conditioning the hour that I spent with the bloody not easy rent people is now all worth it. So it looks like we're going to need to refill our bottles from the, the stream on leg three. Uh, and to do that and to make sure that I don't pick up any uh, nasty bugs or parasites, I'm going to try chlorine tablets for the first time. And um, some gear to mince around Keswick looking like a middle-aged mountain scandy middle-class goat that I am. So I'm going to take my first uh, sip of it now and, and see what, what I've got installed on um, on leg three. So here we go. And I, I think that is pretty much it. I've managed to get most of this packed in the half-time of the England-Panama match, which has proved to be surprisingly relaxing. Oh, it's not bad, actually. Yeah, it's pretty good. Over to the, the States. That ways I would see is the sound of a podcast playing off the phone. I've made it work. How exciting. Oh, I've also got my poles, which is probably also another thing that'll go on the list of things that won't come out of my bag, but always good to cut them around the country pointlessly, I, I, uh, I find. Now just a bit nervous and very excited and, and looking forward to the attempt. Uh, yeah, that's me. So that's the build-up with a few days to go. We'll come back to our preparation in the final hours before lift-off. But first, let's resume the round with Tim and Tano. It's um, 3am, 5 past 3. I was waiting in the car for Chris and Mike. I've been looking on the app, the Tracker app. Uh, and I can see that Tim and Tano are... They're climbing Blencathra. One stop that we'd missed was the first stop, the nighttime one. So, Michael, it's three... Oh, bollocks. It's three o'clock in the morning. Uh, how do you, uh, how are you feeling about things? Um, just feeling a bit nervous, really, because you sort of feel responsible for making sure you do the supporting bit right. Otherwise, feeling fine, but tired. 
just been feeling like I've been about to get up for the last five hours. Um, just relieved I'm only doing one leg, to be really honest. Well, you'd be doing five hours, wouldn't you? Yeah. They've done leg one. You leave from Keswick straight up Skidor over Great Calver and then through the bogs and round the river and in the damp of the middle of the night you climb the back of Blencathra and then you drop suddenly into the small village of Threlkeld where you're met by a bunch of other people in the cricket club car park all crewing for their people. It's one of those strange quirky bits of the bog grain round. How much stuff have we got to shove in our bags? Um, there's not, uh, not loads. I barely slept, having been at the start at midnight and then needing to be at Threlkeld for shortly after 3am. So I was bleary-eyed, but there's something magical when it's beautiful weather in the lakes and also just it was calm and there wasn't a lot that could go wrong at that stop. Everyone was in good spirits. The runners were still talkative and not aching and yeah it was just a nice they're time. Just, they're just coming down uh, the, to the uh, ridge on Hallsfell so they're just coming down to the right down a shamey bit and then coming back on, over onto the ridge. Off Blencathra. Yeah you can just see the head torches up there now. There's another group here. In fact it's, it looks like that group must still be together. There's quite a few head torches. Right, it's 3.28am and uh, Chris and Mike and I are in the Thalcald Cricket Club car park. There's another group over there and we are laying out the smorgasbord of energy drinks and water, Marks and Spencer's blueberries, Ambrosia rice pudding, the selection of Tano. ready for this. We can see a lot of lights coming down Halls Fell. There's at least two other groups doing it. And there's some other people here in the car park waiting for their groups as well. So, I haven't looked at the tracker since we left, but so I don't quite know where on the ridge they are yet. I'll have a look in a minute. Who are you guys here for? Uh, Tim and Tano. What time are you expecting them in here? 3.52. 52, I'm, we're expecting, he's, he's having a five minute rest, he's leaving at 49. Right, there's two head torches ahead yeah. on the... The support runners for leg two are Mike and Chris, and it's a lovely run. A climb at the beginning, then a beautiful sunrise bimble along the Helvellyn Ridge, but with a sting in the tail, climbing Fairfield and Seat Sandal at the end. But by then it's almost breakfast time at Dunmail, so it's doable. And then as soon as it starts going up, you can walk, and then it's a, a walk right to the top. So. I've never done leg two. It's nice, it's not fun. This might be some useful advice, whether you're a supporter or a runner. Despite the weather, even if it's the middle of summer and it's baking hot, at three o'clock in the morning in Threlkeld, it's really cold. Pack extra layers. We had to retire to the car and put the heating on. Is 
is that just something you do keep your eyes peeled though, otherwise your runners arrive and you won't be ready. Hey. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hi Tim. Hey Bob. Hi. How are you doing? Good. Yes. Your array. Right. You're here to take your sticks from me. The plastic, uh, my cap in a plastic bag. Yeah. There's a leg two bag okay. that he's got in there, and then I've got your other stuff out on the table there. There's your cap. Socks, I need to change my shoes. Good, good, actually. Huh? Not bad, Tima. Huh? No. Good. Yeah, so how was it in the dark? All it's fine? fine? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's quite, quite bright. There's a whole procession of, of lights. Yeah. Things. You're taking these shoes for this one? Yes. Is it okay if I just leave it all here? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's Gabor? Uh, they're stuck up there. They're just coming down now slowly. Oh, I see. I think he's just struggling a little bit in the downhill. Right. It's not to be underestimated how difficult just one leg actually is of the Bob Graham, and on all the attempts that I know of, supporters often struggle as well. It's not easy to run for four hours at night over three of the biggest mountains in the country. So when you are preparing to be a supporter, make sure you've trained at least a fifth as much as those doing the attempt. How is young Harvey? He's doing well. He's doing well. He was in good form yesterday. Good. Do you want your Vaseline? Yes, <laughs> Small talk over. Back to business. So I make it 350, which means you're slightly ahead of the schedule. Yeah. We're expected here at 352, so uh, yeah, you've got. Another five minutes of rest time anyway, if you want to take it. I think we get, get going. Yeah. Um, is Nicky Spinks doing a double Ramsey round this weekend? Yeah. <laughs> get that quiet. <laughs> Nikki Spinks is a UK fell running legend. She's run all the big rounds, and in fact she's run double all the big rounds. The Bob Graham, the Paddy Buckley, and... At this point in 2018, she was in the middle of a double Ramsey round. She's a future guest on this podcast because Tim was using her as a coach. So that's why we're talking about her with some degree of familiarity and affection. You'll hear the interview that I did with her where she talks about her double rounds and doing the Barclay Marathons. I don't know if you've seen that Netflix thing, but yeah, she tells me all about her first go at that as well. Uh, a little bit later in the podcast series. I saw it on Twitter. Yeah, she didn't mention it at all. I think it must have been because uh, she's, she's trialling new graphene super shoes. So right. They must have been keeping it a bit quiet until I knew it was going ahead and then once I knew the weather was going to be alright. Yeah, okay. I'm presuming so. Yeah. In this cycle. She just didn't think it worth it. Just one of those things. I can only apologise to all of you, and especially Nikki Spinks, for the breaking wind that took place during that anecdote. Cool. Bobby. Yeah, see ya. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, well done. See you all, guys. See you in a few hours. 
Are you all right taking Patrick back to... Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've taken them both back, yeah. Great. See ya. I hadn't factored in everyone not coming down together, so uh, I'm packing up now. But the uh, two support runners for leg one, Gabor and uh, Patrick, Tim's brother, aren't, uh, aren't here yet. Because they came down a bit slower than Tim and Tano, which I hadn't sort of predicted really. Um, but uh, uh, so I hope they're not long, because I'd quite like to go back to bed. About seven more minutes of huffing, puffing, chair folding, and hand rubbing to keep warm ensues and then there they are great it's ready morning. morning well done yeah, yeah, yeah. they uh they were off uh five minutes ahead of schedule yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that's what they said yeah so they yeah. they got here um oh. Took us all by surprise how uh, cold it was um, here. You know, how is it coming here to wait? Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess you've been running for uh, um, three to hours. Prepare so. the cold. There was windy up from the top, right? Which was pretty pleasant actually after we climbed the skiddo. Yeah, there yeah. Was a I look back fondly on that journey from Threlkeld into Keswick to drop off Gabor, and then I had to take Patrick up past Bassenthwaite to his youth hostel accommodation right at the top of the lake and then I drove back uh, about half past four in the morning and uh, it was lovely beautiful sunrise I stopped to take pictures which obviously came out terribly on my mobile phone but here think it'll be a good idea at the time anyway we had some good conversations in the journey and uh, not least finding out that uh, Patrick as well as being a superstar surgeon is also a member of Mountain Rescue and he was enlisted by his brother Tim to assist as a support runner on the Bob Graham round firstly because of his mountaineering ability and they went to check out Broadstand we'll come to Broadstand more I'm sure later in the series but it's the tough bit of the route if you're going to do the Bob Graham round you have a decision to make as to whether to take Broadstand or not basically you can cut short a whole maybe 45 minutes to an hour of scrambling and climbing and going round if you go straight from Scarfell Pike to Scarfell via a short rock climb but it's scary and dangerous here's Patrick to explain a little bit more expertly that's, that's you. Um, but other than that there's nothing massively technical it's just small exposed areas and it usually catches people out in winter and also in descent okay but the only issue is is um, in um, on the Bob Graham by the time you get there you're going to be your legs are going to be a bit jelly like I yeah. and your confidence may be waning and your cerebral function may be waning and so I think that a lot of people just prefer the security of just having a rope around their waist so that where is it which leg is it so it's, it's on leg three it's, it's, oh, it's, it's the toughest leg yeah. yeah yeah and it's just towards the end of it isn't it no, uh, as well to get from Scarfell Park to Scarfell yeah and uh I've only been there once uh, and we did that leg and the, the weather wasn't awful but it wasn't great it was, you know it's just windy and you're just in cloud and, and so then suddenly it looms out of the cloud at you and, and it just looks daunting and yeah. scary and by that point we've been traipsing 
waiting around for about five hours or something so you, yeah exactly what you said you, you just think oh I don't fancy that in this condition so and if the, and if the rock's greasy um, you know yeah I, 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 I would definitely I mean I feel confident on rock um, but like we, we you know we were talking we both Paul and I are on the safer side and like being a mountain rescue I don't really feel like I can do things where I I, I don't want to call out other team members because I'll, I'll get knocked for life <laughs> yeah good intel from Patrick and finally uh, the night stop was over and we're home again. Time to go and try and get a little bit more sleep. So obviously it's exhausting running a Bob Graham round but it's pretty knackering to support people on a round as well. It's 4.42, I'm just arriving back at a B&B in order to try and grab maybe an hour and a half sleep before getting up again to go out to the next stop which was the Dunmail one you heard us arriving late for earlier on. Now, one of the reasons I'm completely shattered at this point is because my day had begun 22 hours earlier on the south coast of England and I'd had to get to the Lake District in order to start driving around the Lake District for another 24 hours. Time check, 6.52am, Friday morning. So, in 17 hours and 8 minutes... Uh, the attempt to begin. That is an early start. And there's already been some activity on the uh, WhatsApp group. Everyone's up. My targets are 1. Do 24 hours for the route. 2. Get around the fucker in 27 or 28 hours if that's what it takes, that's probably the most I can offer in terms of commitment. 3. Aim for 24 hours unflinchingly, if and until it's gone. You have my support, Tim. I salute your attitude as always. Thanks, Nick. I'd be delighted to have you as pole carrier and chief cup bearer. Winking face. I will be very happy to pump, alongside, in front, or behind you Tim, variety may be the key over such a long period of time. It will be pretty tantric, that's for sure. Oh, I'm in the car, about to set off, I feel massively nervous, I'm just trying to fight my way through the school run, traffic in Portsmouth, checklist, I've got recording equipment for a podcast flask of coffee, got food for my journey, got my clothing and kit, and then to support the runners we've got a table and chairs, I've got a big water canister thing, I don't think there's anything else, because it's their stuff, they're on, they're on their shoes, they're on their food and drink. I don't think it could go wrong. Uh, it's 8.40 and we've just driven past Butzer Hill on the A3, which when I was testing my microphones and things to record these podcast uh, sections, I surreptitiously recorded a uh, 
conversation with my wife about that very hill when we were sat in bed reading the other night. It was pretty dynamic and fact-filled. Here you go. So, um, Butza Hill is 271 metres. Yeah. Portsdown Hill is 131 metres high. Oh. So, half the height, obviously. Scarfell Pike. Yeah. 978. If I want to practice hill running and get some distance in my legs, the equivalent of one of the mountains... It's going to be for about eight ports downhill. It's 10.01am on uh, attempt day, so we are uh, 14 hours away from Tim and Tano setting off, and I've arrived in Amersham, which is very quaint. I don't know if you can hear hens and ducks clucking in the background. I'm in a Tesco's car park underneath some trees in a nice shady corner. It's a beautiful sunny day, blue skies everywhere. I just went in to use the loo in the Tesco's and that was, in complete contrast to this idyllic surroundings, was the stinkiest toilet I think I've ever used in my life. It was horrendous. But out here in the car park, it's lovely. Uh, So my journey pauses in Amersham for about five or six hours and it's a top secret as to why. Until the next episode of this here podcast and then I'll let you know exactly who I saw and what I did for that amount of time. But for now, let's fast forward and I'll resume my journey late afternoon. 17.37, so we are... Oh, God, what's my mass? We are six hours and 23 minutes away from the commencement of the attempt and I am on the M42, uh, just in queuing traffic. Uh, and there's been a, bit, a bit of a flurry of WhatsApp activity. I was in stationary traffic, so I was able to check, and it seems like almost everyone's in Keswick now. And Tim uh, was writing about some friend of the family called Colonel Amlot, who spent time in the army. When Tim asked him for some sort of wisdom about doing a, a thing like this, his wisdom was that the thing that kept them going under tough circumstances was an unshakable level of commitment and understanding that you would not in any way let down those around you who were working to help you. So us as supporters keep going in order to not let Tim down. Which is fine. And Tim also then has read that the other way that he so many people have kind of mucked in to support him that he is unshakably going to stick with his commitment to do the round, whatever comes, which is uh, fantastic. But And then I feel like a, a little more pressure piled on from Colonel Amlot not to be late, not to screw up this uh, support endeavour. Tim, you really are in business and I salute you for this. And for your body, and for your commitment to pumping. Salute gratefully received. Pumper armor. Pumpo vision indeed. If it's not immediately obvious already, we are fairly juvenile. We read viz when we were younger, and so pumping is the word that we use to refer to running on the hills. Ah, and it sounds a little bit like we could be talking about something else. 
But we are men in our 40s. It's relatively harmless. It keeps us amused. Oh, it's a good day when you're onto the Bob Seeger on the journey. It is now 1859. Uh, I've got my fingers crossed about the next few miles. I'm, I'm just, uh, I think I've just gone past junction um, 16 on the M6. So I'm somewhere in Cheshire. And uh, the, there was reports of like an accident that had happened in roadworks and there was lanes closed and but that was at least a couple of hours ago so I'm sort of hoping a bit blindly that um, it might have cleared by now but the traffic's always shit on this bit of the M6 when you're going north my parents live in North Yorkshire we do this a couple of times a year so I'm well aware of how shite it always gets at this point uh, it's now nine minutes past eight and I now uh, north of uh, Preston definitely I've gone past the turn off that I normally take the A59 to my parents who live over in North Yorkshire and I'm heading uh, further north and this is an epic moment as well as Eric Pride's reaching and great breakdown moment um, I can actually see some Lakeland Fells and uh, I think I'm going to make it uh, I really need to clean my teeth I've eaten nothing but uh, coffee and biscuits oh, and some chocolate all day uh, but I've left Lancaster services after stopping for a second wheat break the lakes are 18 miles away according to this sign on the M6 good uh, it's now 33 minutes past 8, and uh, I'm not far away. It's official. I have just passed the brown sign which says I'm in Cumbria, brackets, the Lake District, at 8.39. I'm a total dick. I've just added a final butt-clenching element to this last leg of the journey. I am approaching junction 40 of the M6. It's five past nine, so uh, just under three hours uh, till the attempt begins. And I have got, according to my car range thing, 13, no, 12 miles of petrol left. And I'm now shitting myself that I'm going to run out of petrol before I get to a petrol station. Why did I not fill up earlier? What a dick. Still on the Credence Clearwater Revival version of uh, Through the Grapevine, which is bloody long. And I love that song, but I've never enjoyed it less than the last five minutes. My... uh, Mileometer thingy range is oh Jesus it's down to seven miles. Oh my god, this is butt clenching. My stomach is doing not do not screw this up now, Diggles. Whew. Uh, so yeah, eleven minutes past one. Approaching Penrith slowed right down to sixty miles an hour. Oh god, six miles left uh, on the range. As we try and eke out every last drop. There's the 
junction. Come on. place in Cumbria. That is fantastic. Let's get some petrol. So I got there, obviously. Made it difficult for myself, but I arrived at our nice guest house, bumped into Mark, and then, as you heard earlier, me and he met Beanie, wearing only some white, fairly skimpy underpants. The white underpants, the first time you put them on, it's amazing. And we made our evening arrangements and then they got themselves ready for bed because they were running early legs and I got my stuff together and then went to the start. Okay, it's night time in Keswick. It's uh, 11 minutes past 11 and I'm just walking from our guest house heading into the centre of town to the to where it all starts. The Moot Hall is the building in the square in the middle of Keswick from which you start and finish, you have to sort of touch the front door and uh, then touch it again. Less than 24 hours later, you hope. Uh, quite funny, five minutes later, uh, you forget that it's of course a Friday night and everyone's out on the latch because it, I think there's at least another couple of uh, Bob Grahams starting tonight, but there's a funny little trio of drummers playing some beats down there. Police um, meat wagons are stood past and there's a whole load of people just overflowing out on to the street in the square as it is um, officially Tim. Hello, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, good, thanks. How are you? I'm all right, yeah. Hello. Hello, how are you? Right, it's quarter to midnight. Obviously, I've met Tim and uh, all the gang. Tano is not here yet, uh, and his runner Gabor. Uh, so I guess they'll arrive in a minute. But there are a bunch of other 
groups setting off tonight at the same time. Uh, midnight is the time to set off. Uh, Pissed bloke that we just chat to, who did it a couple of weeks ago with his mate, is joining in the fun. So the kind of normal Friday night crowd has kind of cleared out of the uh, uh, square in Keswick now, so it is just a gaggle of people in expensive running gear and head torches and uh, their supporters. Uh, Ready to will them on? So with just 13 minutes to spare, Tano has arrived. Yeah. Hello, Tano. Hello, hello. How are you doing? I'm feeling good. A little bit nervous, but it's good, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you were stuck on the M6 like me for uh, ages was, to get here. Know, Junction 19. Yeah. Something like just uh, awful. Have you slept much? Have you kind of uh, eaten enough? Are you feeling yeah, I think so. I've definitely eaten a lot. Uh, sleep, uh, got some sleep in the car. Uh, slept for an hour now just when we came to, to the B&B. But yeah, but I had a good week actually. So good rest week. So yeah, should be right I think. Yeah. 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 Well, it's nice, it's, and cool. it's nice and cool now. Now, now, yeah. <laughs> it's a funny buzz of... Um, sort of awkward small talk as people meet each other who've never met each other and there's a few groups kind of slightly eyeing each other up very different ages it looks like a really older guy doing it and then some other slightly maybe slightly younger than us doing it as well yeah it's a intriguingly nervous atmosphere given that it's not even an organized event there's no marshals there's no official send-off people just congregate and then set off the bizarre thing is that just down the square there was an Ed Sheeran tribute act on earlier so there's people de-rigging a massive stage which is what that clunking and uh, whatever it is and the stone people are still playing their drums down that way uh, people are kind of wandering through at the end of a summer night out you know it's a massive holiday resort town as well so it's kind of funny funny atmosphere Counting down, I make it 30 seconds to go. And we're walking around to the other side of the moot hall to be right by the door. Yeah. Go, go, go. Well done, good luck. See you, Tano. See you, Tim. And they're off. Several groups off at the same time. Dramatic and exciting. <laughs> so you know they got underway. We've been to Threlkeld. We've done the first stop. We know they got to the second stop at Dunmail Rays. They set off on leg three. And then the prettiest place on the Bob Graham round, certainly for supporters and spectators, is Wasdale. As you come down from Scarfell, your legs are battered and you can't wait to stop. And you arrive in the National Trust car park where hopefully a carload of people are waiting for you to regroup, refuel, and then steel yourself for the very daunting ascent of Barrow, the first mountain on leg four. So it's 1.56 in the afternoon and when we last had signal they are on target. Me and Gabor just drove here. Hello Gabor. Hello, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Neither of us know really where we're going. 
uh, or much about any of these legs because <laughs> we've not really run them before but you ran this morning so you're slightly more seasoned in the hills this time than I am how do you think they'll be finding it? Uh, yeah I've got a taste in the morning and we started midnight obviously which the first leg uh, they've done it many times in the dark so to find the path was easy plus the weather was absolutely amazing so clear sky and there was no difficulty to find the path um, I think it helped that wind and cool weather really yeah because it's just just cool down everyone and uh, yeah the heat wave that we've been having is slightly um, yeah. slightly mitigated by a, a decent breeze today so as you get higher up it's a bit cooler so that's what we think might be I yeah. might be helping them out yeah they said about 750 meters it is about they are today and it's about uh, 15 16 degrees Celsius but because no cloud at all I think it's just burning hot over there so I'm pretty sure they look confident they look strong and very good very very go for it so I think they're gonna be just fine. Mike and Chris were in the car in front of us so we've arrived and are just setting up food for them. Gabor's gonna cook some pasta, We've got a watermelon, gallons of water, packets of crisps, everything you could imagine. Oh yeah we've even got a coffee pot yeah we're it's so beautiful. We've just driven for about an hour and a half to get here because it's a right schlep. You come out from Keswick and all the way around and then up Wasdale, past Westwater, and it's just a beautiful view. There's so many pretty breathtaking views on the way up and the weather is amazing, so it, the lake is looking absolutely at its best. So is that Scarfell Pike, is it? Yes. it? So, so that's Scarfell. Yeah. And then what do they come they, sort of down this? They usually come down this main path, which you can see skirts down into the gully here. Yeah. And and, um, and just follows this line of trees and bracken into this gully. Right. So there's definitely people on the descent, and I guess from there might be about 25 minutes or so. Time check, it is 14.55. Our runners are due in at 15.19, but we think they're still a bit ahead of schedule. So we are loitering. Team Tim Tano are all ready to spring into action. This is only a 10 minute break according to the schedule. So we need to be like a pit team. They need to sweep in, change their tires and off again. We've got chairs in the shade. There's pasta made cereal on the go we've got water chilling and uh, I think whatever they desire we can provide but we just don't know quite when they're going to arrive they pop out of a gully which we can't see so yeah Tim is coming yeah Tim coming oh yeah great it is fabulous and they come to the car park in the front. So it's the middle of the afternoon, it's a heat wave and they're absolutely knackered. So it's got a slightly different complexion to it, this road stop. Well done, Nick. Alright. Your runners are monosyllabic and just 
shattered. Just need to sort of go through the motions in a slightly robotic way. You better eat it, Dano. Just eat a bit more, yeah? Eat a bit more. And there's a lot of people at this stop. Uh, Tim had brought lots of family members and there was various support runners and things. So we're all kind of fussing about and it's a busy car park. There's loads of other cars moving around and people who all mean well and want to offer an encouraging word here or there or engage you in conversation, which ordinarily would be fantastic. But you're suddenly aware that this stop should only be about 10 minutes or so. Probably 15 minutes ahead of the schedule if you left now. You don't want to get embroiled in a conversation with some other hikers when you should be concentrating on your runners. So we're all fussing and faffing about. I think the old guy did broad sand. Decisions need to be made because things have changed. So I think Nick B my mate Beanie was going to run leg four as well as leg three but he's not feeling so great so he decides to drop out but our other Nick this new runner who we've never met before this weekend but who's preparing for his own Bob Graham round and so he's in good shape he says that he'll carry on okay well uh, let's uh, sort you out but he hasn't brought enough kit with him so suddenly we're uh, cannibalising food stores from other people's bags and moving them across to his bag and refilling. Everyone is very sweaty and hot and so needs to refuel on the stop as well as reload their packs. Are you, are you doing any more? Well, I'm going to... And a plan is made to send Mark and his brother Mike on a shortcut up to Black Sail Pass, so they'll miss out about the first four peaks of Leg 4, but they can get from Wasdale sort of straight up to Black Sail Pass ahead of the other runners. The plan is made that they'll go there with some extra fluid. What they should have said specifically was extra water as you'll find out but they go up with extra fluid so they're packing their bags as well to do that because we're thinking that by that point on such a hot afternoon they'll be needing to refill water bottles and all of that so it's a big buzz of people but eventually we get there everyone's changed socks changed tops reloaded refueled and then we all breathe a sigh of relief and they head off out of the car park to find the stile on the road that takes you to what is not a very obvious path at all up Barrow via a route that if you weren't doing the Bob Graham you would never choose to go up Barrow via. There are plenty of other much nicer routes to come at it from a different angle. Uh, so they've departed and I rake it that they've left. Um, 21 I guess so. Yeah, eight minutes ahead of schedule from Wasdale head, leg four, so we should see him in five hours at uh, Honister. That's the plan, uh, and we've just got to drive back round. Yeah. Ah, I'm glad I'm where I am, driving back round. <laughs> so once they've left, we are going to return to Keswick. Yeah, I can see them. Yeah, do you? You're driving, so it's a tricky thing you can see. Yeah, yeah, I can see the orange of Nick and the blue of Chris. 
can you? Nick looked yeah, very so relaxed. You, so, so. The orange is clearly visible now, just below the big wide grey screen And shoot. it's me, my old school mate Beanie in the car, oh, yeah. and yeah. Gabor is driving, and it gives us a good chance to get the debrief from Beanie on how leg three went. Is that you, Barrow? Yes. I think maybe we're a little bit tired, emotional, broken men by this point, and so we get into a larger existential what's the point of the Bob Graham round anyway discussion? Did you find it tough? Actually, until Scar fell, no. Um, I felt really good, I felt really light and bouncy along really easily. Right. Just hit the ball, yeah? And then the Scarfell ascent was tough. Really tough. And really, but the narrow gully that I've done before, but the other way around. So a narrower, trickier version of the way that we've got to that goal before. With no air. And I just got to the top of that and I was... Suddenly my legs were just uh, jelly. Yeah. Had you been eating and drinking plenty? Yeah, I'd, I'd eaten, well actually, again, until Scarfell Pike, and then I just lost interest and I'd... Because I've... There's a trouble sometimes. Yeah, I was sort of shouting at Tim every half an hour, and I sort of didn't shout myself in the same way which I should have done. Yeah, I guess it's easily done, isn't it? Mm. Lots of lessons to learn about it. Mm. I feel slightly funny watching it. I'm not sure that I feel very attracted to it at all at the moment. It's funny, funny I, as I came down Scarfell then, quite a way behind those three or four, it has to be said, I did find myself thinking, yeah, I'm not sure that I'd want to do the full thing. Yeah. Well, so much of it is not actually running. Right. I met me yeah. The first leg was complete walking. We don't have been clambering, yeah, scrambling, scrambling. Yeah. All, all that Scarfell range is just a boulder field. Yeah. For me, it starts to feel uncomfortable in, in terms of how many people I'm roping in. But a bit like when it's your birthday party, yeah, and you don't really want everyone to make a fuss. I sort of might feel a little bit self-conscious of like everyone doing it. I think, as we said before, Bob, my I, I would choose a weekend of us all running together for three days, doing various nice little different routes, rather than yeah. this weekend where. If you ask me, because yeah. actually we're not spending that much time together, really. No. And the time that we are spending together is all a bit tense. Is not quite the right word, but yeah. I mean, those rest stops, whatever, are not fun, are they? No. You know, it's quite tense. Uh, Obviously, Tim and Tano can, can't really talk other than stuff food in their mouths and say, where are my sunglasses and things like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> and, and then you're in a bit of a panic thinking, shit, where are his sunglasses? I don't know. I put them down a minute ago and now I've forgotten. So then you feel like you're letting down the whole thing because you can't find the sunglasses and it, 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 all, it all becomes a little bit panicky. Yeah. Coming back to the whole thing, yeah? It's 17.07, which if my 24-hour clock serves me correct, means they've been running for 17 hours and 17 minutes. Now, I'm tired as well, 17 hours and 7 minutes. Um, I am knackered, and uh, I feel quite sick after driving all the way to Watsdale and back again. So if it's 5 o'clock now, we're not expecting them at Honister until 8. Uh, so that would mean leaving at half seven I can probably get from quick a couple of hours sleep but I just need to load up the car 
uh, so they're walking to find it. And then I'm going to give a lift to Gabor, who's going to run leg five with them, and a chap called Ian, I think, who's also going to run leg five with them. He's just someone that's got in touch with us off the Facebook group. And I spoke to him earlier, and he seems keen. And then uh, Beanie and I will just go and cheer and shivvy them on. Exciting. Someone's coming over the brow of the hill. Can't make out who The fourth is. road crossing is at Honister, where there's a slate mine and a youth hostel, and generally support crews congregate in the car park of the youth hostel. Come on! At this point in our round, I don't think there were many other support crews there, because gradually, as a round goes on, if someone's going a little bit faster or slower than another, the time between you is stretched out by the time you get to the fourth road crossing, and some attempts have already collapsed and failed by that point, in which case, obviously, there's no support crew there. We were meeting on a beautiful, balmy, sunny evening. It was warm, and we were meeting up with Tim's family and so on, who were already in the back of their van. Okay, thanks, Ian. And Ian met us. Ian was a supporter who Mark, our friend, team leader, had got through a connection with, bizarrely, his St Albans Running Club. And someone in St Albans Running Club knew someone in a Cumbrian running club that this guy Ian belonged to. And and through a message on Facebook, we ended up in touch with him. And so he met us there, and he was not what we imagined. He was considerably older than us, I would say, approaching retirement age. Uh, was quite a hefty chap, uh, well-stocked with rucksack kit and uh, heavy-duty old-school running gear. And he was also seriously refuelling. Uh, he had numerous cups of tea. He mind-swept up any food going, as well as his own packed lunch, and then got himself ready to lead the way. It was very specific that he had led a lot of attempt groups uh, through Leg 5, and he was a, a Leg 5 specialist. Yeah, 1984 I did my first support. Going the other way around. Yeah, that leg went in the opposite direction. So, with Ian in tow, the group uh, restocked and uh, we got some new runners in. Gabor ran Leg uh, 5. Uh, Chris was going to run Leg 5 as well. Nick Goddard had done a sterling effort and he dropped out at that point. Not before he explained uh, what had happened with the beetroot juice. I searched and searched for some audio of us in Wasdale. I I can't find it, so it must have happened off mic somewhere. But there was definitely a point where Beanie gave Tim, 13 hours into an attempt, a little vial, a small shot glass type bottle of raw beetroot juice, which some bit of running marketing had told him was really good at giving you that extra edge when you're in the middle of a massive endurance thing. So Tim dutifully necked this beetroot juice and headed off into the baking sunshine of the ascent of Barrow. and Nick Goddard was with him. Uh, he'd done leg three with him and now he was doing leg four and Nick told us at Honester exactly what happened to that beetroot juice. Did you see Tim stop and throw up beetroot juice? <laughs> Did not see that. <laughs> he painted the, the bracken red. <laughs> it's like, oh, two thirds of the way up. He felt better. One of the other little sagas that I should fill you in on that started in Wasdale 
You remember we were discussing fluid. Have you got any other bottles I can refill? Oh, yeah, that's one of mine. Mark, team leader, and his brother, Mike, were going to do a liquid-carrying leg, and rather than do all the first few peaks of leg four, they were just going to go straight up to Blacksail Pass and meet the attempt gang there with a whole load of replacement fluid. So they did do that, dutifully set off and, and carried litres and litres of Tailwind, which is um, a well-known brand of sugars and electrolytes sports drink. You, it's powder and, and you mix it and get a kind of pink drink that you can uh, refuel on. What they didn't know was that uh, Tim and Tano had got Tailwind with them and were thoroughly sick of it. And so we're desperately looking forward to meeting Mike and Mark at Blacksail Pass in order to get some fresh, cool water. And when they got there and found out it was Tailwind, just marched past saying, no thanks. <laughs> so poor Mike and Mark, I think so the story goes, there happened to be a school group of foreign students who were all marching through the Lake District as they do in the summer and uh, they were all looking a bit thirsty so I think Mike and Mark managed to offload some of the tailwind with them and the rest they just tipped behind a rock and made their way back down again so they didn't join us at Honister they were probably still making their way back to Keswick from Wasdale but we caught up with them a little bit later on thoroughly exhausted and demoralised by their slightly pointless no completely pointless uh, tailwind expedition Great, well done. You're doing an amazing job, Chris. Well done. Go on, Tano. Well done, Gabor. I can't believe we've got to make it. I know, I know, it's amazing, isn't it? Well done, Tim. Well done. And they're off. 29 minutes past eight. Eight minutes ahead of schedule leaving Honester. They might just do it. At this stage, it looked as close to a dead cert as it's possible to get in Bob Graham world. In the immortal words of our new friend Ian, you can get a dead man down from here in three and a half hours. Uh, right, it is uh, ten past nine, twenty-one ten, and uh, I'm um, uh, just bringing people back into Keswick and so on. So, uh, just about to park up the car near the uh, B&B. But I've got a strange sort of feeling now of being um, utterly sick of it. We just had a conversation, I didn't record all the chat, and I'm kind of, I'm a bit sick of making the podcast. You know, I've sort of been recording so much stuff this weekend, and uh, it feels like every time I switch off a recorder, someone says something good. Every time I switch it on, I record for ages and ages. Oh, sorry for the self-pity and the moaning, but it is a long day for anyone involved, so don't underestimate how much you're taking on, even as a supporter. I think I talked to, I want to talk to Beanie and Mark Kennedy about how we go about doing it, because I, I don't really like the, the way that attempts seem to happen. I want more romance than that. Right, it's 10 to 11, 22.50. I've been running for nearly 23 hours, it's amazing. And uh, I'm just walking back, having picked up an extra recording device in case my phone runs out of juice. I don't want to miss the moment when they get back. Uh, but we think at some time um, in the next half an hour, they'll be back 
outside the Moot Hall. Uh, they were well on track and uh, we were all pretty staggered. I think we knew that they were really committed to it and we're going to give it a go, whatever, but I think it's just been so hot that I think we all just thought that that would get the better of them and that, try as they might, they would just slow down because of the heat. They just wouldn't be able to sustain it, but it looks like uh, the wind kept them cool once they're up on the top and then all that sort of all the training, all the prep and, and then just the, the, the will to carry on uh, got them through it so I'm really impressed busy again and that's it and night by the sound of it overflowing there. Around the corner, and into the square, and there's the moot hall, the back end off. Well, the stoners are back with their drums. And uh, we're back in the square where we all began, and we've got a little gathering already. Hello everyone. Hi. Sleeping baby kid. So I think they come up that way. Oh, they come up that way. Yeah. Oh, sorry baby. I thought they came that way. No, I think they come up the up the hill. Yeah. Even at this 11th hour stage, it's easy to make a mistake. For goodness sake, be looking in the right direction when you're waiting for your runners. Yeah, here comes Tim. Tim and Tano coming in. It's 22 minutes past 11 and they're on their way up the hill. Well done, Tim. Well done, Tano. Touch the door. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> Even spectators get swept up in the euphoria. And since this attempt, which was in June 2018, a pub has opened just adjacent to the Moot Hall door, the one which you touch when you finish the round. The pub is called The Round, and that has helped build interest in the Bob Graham. I think it's plastered with photos and you know, memorabilia and bits and bobs about the round inside the pub, so those inside drinking can look out of the window and see those attempting finishing, and it kind of generates a little bit more interest than perhaps there was previously. Where's Ian? He can't keep up. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I think he'll be around somewhere. I think he went and so to pick up the Ian story oh, at the okay, finish, so uh, it turns out that though he is a leg five specialist, he wasn't in the greatest shape of his life, oh, okay. and Tim and Tano are good runners, and they were going at a rate of knots, and it was too much of a rate of knots for poor Ian. <laughs> yeah. Because we'd found Ian such an entertaining and eccentric character and we were all slightly delirious with our own tiredness and uh, giddy by the end of the day we'd built an unfair narrative on our drive back from Honister about Ian being a potential axe murderer Ian the murderer couldn't keep up so uh... yeah I guess what we've met some guy off the internet and now we've just let him out loose with our good friends across the hills of course he was nothing of the sort but as he explains was just not in the perfect condition to see our group home coming coming now 
on that last floor, down to Little Mill Reservoir, my knees were telling me, you silly old sod, this is the last thing you can afford That's mine, I take it. Oh, I know you were shouting to... Uh, yeah, well, I, I, thought, down, I, I didn't wish where you were going to go off. I think we went oh, shouting. We went down about the right way. And then being a middle-aged man, he then explained again in quite a similar way. Well done, Tim. Sorry I couldn't be more used to you, mate. Thank you. Coming down that, coming down that last um, descent to the reservoir, my knees were screaming at me, you, really silly, you silly old sod, this is your last BT support. <laughs> I'm really sorry we couldn't, we couldn't no, wait, but we were No, 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 you're focused, you're focused, you Yeah, well done. And so to our contenders... Tano seemed to have barely broken a sweat. Well done, Tano. You seem to have survived uh, eating nothing all day as well. <laughs> well done. It's over, it's done. And he was straight off to the pub, where we all enjoyed a couple of pints. Tim was considerably more battered. Tim, 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 well done. <laughs> you were a broken man. Oh, I can't believe it. It's leg four. Yeah. It just it got so dark. Yeah. I've got to go there then. Got to go there. I can't imagine. Tim ducked out of the pint at the finish and went home for a lie down, which actually, after one pint, I think we all did. It's an exhausting and exhilarating day. And much as you, in advance, think, yeah, we'll celebrate long into the night, actually, all you want to do is lie down. And everyone deserved a good night's sleep. After over 24 hours awake, whether you were running or not running, we'd got two people through a Bob Graham round in the pleasingly symmetrical time of 23 hours and 23 minutes. Timothy Hale is member number 2,216 of the Bob Graham Club. Gaetano Basayaco is 2,217. Congratulations, Tim and Tano. On the next episode of Bob Graham Sounds, reflections on a successful attempt after just 36 hours. Leaving a beautifully sunny Keswick on the Monday morning after the BGR attempt 2018. The first ever successful attempt I've been involved in. After a week. Still a bit tired, actually. Uh, every day this week I've been getting kind of knackered towards the end of the day, I think. It's just... Uh, really taken it out of me. And then one year on. Yeah, when I think of my route, it's that that I kind of zone in on. Right. That's amazing. It felt so good. And the start of a 12-month build-up to an attempt of my own. How do you feel, Mark, at the end of it? Do you want to do it next year? Well, I know when it, all the tales of everybody being sick uh, does not make it massively appealing. No. But uh, it's just like everything is, and I think I'll give it a couple of days, yeah, yeah. At the moment, I'm sort of too exhausted and I'm massively unfit, so I feel like I'm a million miles away from doing it. It's a bigger enterprise than I thought. You know, the... Oh, it is. It's like a military thing, isn't it? You know, you need everybody doing their, doing their shift. Yeah. And to be honest, yeah, it could have had a harder days with weather, but, I mean, it is been so hot. Yeah. Just, I mean, the fact that they haven't all got heat stroke is a miracle. Yeah. But they probably have, but the fact that they're still moving with it. Yeah. 